0: Hey, Diz After Dark listeners! I want to invite you all to join us over on Scare Zone Halloween Horror Nights podcast. Scare Zone is a news, interview, history, and commentary podcast all about Universal's premier Halloween event. It's hosted by fans and experts like me, Logan Seculo, former WWE superstar Scotty Two Hotty, and Diz After Dark's own Chris Ripley. Subscribe however you get podcasts, and head over to ScareZone.com for more information. We here at the show are proud supporters of Diz After Dark, and remember keep your eyes closed and your ears open on
1: Scare Zone. Oh, I can't do it. You can. Mm. Come on, Craig. Come on, Paul. You do it. No. Oh, you shithead. <laughs> <laughs> I've already
2: filled in once. It's your turn now.
1: Warning. This show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Hello, good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Mouse's Head to this week's edition of Diz After Dark. I'm Craig and joining me tonight we have the ever-beautiful Amanda. Hi. We have the lazy-ass Paul Washington. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hello. And we have the published author, Christopher Ripley. <laughs> oh,
3: wonderful. So I get the.
1: <laughs>
3: Craig wants another signed book, that's what it is. And we have an
1: extremely special guest tonight, a Mr. Hunter Fagan from the 100% Unofficial Universal Orlando podcast.
0: <laughs> nice to be a part guys I haven't had
1: the 100% mention in a while I'm going retro just to do Lee's head in his Man. unbelievably round head
0: <laughs> it's it's a very shiny head too actually before the meet and greet last time he was turned around real quick brushed my teeth real quick and then we were ready to go it was a good time
1: <laughs> did he actually put any sort of products on it for the sun <laughs> Or was it just turtle wax and go?
0: You know, by the time I met him, I want to say he was down here three or four days. And um, have you ever seen a very, very ripe tomato? (laughs) Particularly one that talks. (laughs) You're going to get a sack hunter, I'm sure of it now.
3: I've said worse, I promise you. (laughs) He certainly has. You certainly have,
1: Hunter. You certainly have. Well, basically, we've brought you on tonight's show just I've, because you're on a universal podcast, you don't really you're not allowed to talk about Disney Lee chastises you all. Uh, for, mm-hmm.
0: only I, try, I try to throw in a reference or two, and um i I definitely think whenever you're talking about Universal, you can't discuss that without comparing to their competitor in some ways, okay, what does this park have? What does this one not? What could one benefit from having that the other does? So I think it's good to have the discussion there, but it does turn into a bit of a fandom more sometimes.
1: The way I like to think of it, it's the same, different sides of the same coin. Yeah. You can't have Universal without Disney and vice versa.
0: No, and I, I think they're two totally different um experiences that can totally exist in the same ecosystem but you go to one for something and you go to the other for something else entirely
1: yep so you go to one for extremely wonderful themed experiences and you go to the other one to see a few screens
0: you know, I actually think you go to one for wonderfully <laughs> themed experiences and attractions and rides and the other you go to for a wonderfully themed experience to shop
1: That, exactly <laughs> That is the uh, the Harry Potter expansion in a nutshell uh, Diagon Alley is the world's biggest gift
0: shop It's great, yeah. if you're into that, awesome
1: Wonderful Right, so basically again we've brought you on to talk Disney
0: uh, and to go
1: through your, your history with Disney, because you were in the, um, what, what's it called? The exchange, no, the, the student exchange thing where you, you work and you, I, I'm totally clueless.
0: You're okay. So we, we actually have a program that I attended called the Disney College Program. I did That's this. The one. Oh man, what year is it? It's 2016. So I did this four years ago now. So uh, it's been a bit of time. So what's the basics of the Disney College program? So basically the Disney College program is there's a couple different iterations of it. But the basics is if you are a student and you would like to do a working internship for the Walt Disney Company, you can apply and do that. I'm not exactly sure how many applicants can go in every single year, um, but I do know it is open to international students as well. Uh, They do have a couple different versions of it. The one I attended was Walt Disney World, where I was working in the Magic Kingdom. And there is an alternative program, which is a lot smaller out in California for Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure.
1: Wow. So you literally get one year.
0: Yeah. So there's a couple different tenures that you can do. So, for instance, when I went, I want to say I did a... I believe it was called the Fall Advantage. So I was there from May until late uh, December, just after Christmas. Um, There are other programs, like there's just a fall and a spring program, and those are generally, I want to say, four months instead of eight months. Once again, my times might be a little off, but that's the general idea.
1: Fantastic. Has anyone got any... uh questions or would would anyone consider doing it if they had their time again
4: i would have loved to have done it i think it'd be awesome to do the international one definitely I think the only one that i could do now is the um the one where you could just work in the uk in epcot and you couldn't work anywhere else so i don't i don't know if i'd do that one You're selling
3: tea bags all day long
4: yeah yeah and
3: doctor who t-shirts
4: yeah, pretty much.
0: I'm <laughs> pissing in phone boxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's that we... wouldn't
4: be a good time.
0: <laughs> I mean, you've got the Rose and Crown. It, it's not a bad section of the park, but it is just kind of... I think it's all hokey English merchandise for the most part now, unfortunately.
4: Yeah, and I feel like I wouldn't want to be just limited to that area. If I was going to work there for a, six months or a year, I'd want to work in lots of different places.
0: Yeah, I think the idea behind it is, and we we'll, we can go into this if you want, because while you do the college program, most people do end up staying. Disney has properties for them to stay on. So if I recall correctly, most of the international students stayed at a place called the Commons, where to kind of make it feel a little bit more like home, they were grouped with people from their countries, and they worked in that country in World Showcase at Epcot. So a lot of my Chinese friends, for example, are gonna be out in China and World Showcase. Not every single one of them, but for the most case, that's where they're going to be.
1: All right. So and but is it promoted like the mingling and the partying and
0: um, yes. So everybody commingles. Um I, I believe I've heard it described as incestuous and that's a little weird oh. for me. Um <laughs> But yeah, there, there's a lot of shenanigans going on. As, um, I how should I say this? A lo- there, there's a lot of visiting each other. I guess I would say uh, a lot of co mingling, mm. tiptoeing through the tulips. Uh, not exactly tiptoeing. A lot of loud banging and upset roommates and moaning. Um. It depends. I like to think that's at the restroom down the road, but yes, in some ways.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. Um, So when you're in the Magic Kingdom, what sort of training do do you go through when you were working there?
0: So in the Magic Kingdom, well, the first thing you do is you take a class called Traditions, and that is any Walt Disney World cast member... Um, has to attend this. The college program kids, for the most part, attend an abbreviated version of that. I want to say it's about three to four hours. The one I did, I did the full version, and that was close to nine hours. Um, and what that is, is that is essentially them indoctrinating you. You were sit down in front of a video, and they say, well, you know, you're here at the most magical place on earth. They give you the history of the company, which for someone like Uh, myself, who pretty much knows all that. It's a little less interesting. But then they actually take you around into Magic Kingdom, and you get to go into the backstage areas like the Utilidors and all that. And then you wrap up with a test. And uh, at the end of that, you're actually presented with your name tag, which Mickey Mouse actually comes directly into the classroom and presents everyone their name tag.
4: Oh, how sweet.
0: Definitely.
1: I would literally just, I'd be sobbing as I took it off him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's a fun experience, and maybe if you weren't as um, knowledgeable going into it, you would have gotten a little bit more from it, but it is a pretty long day, sitting at the table and listening to the lecture. It,
1: well, I mean, I, I work for a, a well-known train operating company in uh, in England, Great Britain, and we have something similar for all new entrants. You know, the, gotcha. the, the eyeballs are Pinned open and <laughs> you have to listen to a certain amount of uh, information shall we say do you
0: do, do you do them one at a time clockwork orange style yes yes totally <laughs> okay um after that I think we most applicants waited a couple of days after that two to I want to say 5 days or so and then they started work. Um and then you begin your training. One thing I liked at least in my position, I did work in a section called Stands West. And what that was is pretty much any of the the food establishments you can think of on the west end of Magic Kingdom. I was working there. So that includes I was working at Aloha Isle, I yeah. was working at the Turkey Stand out in Frontierland. I worked at Sleepy Hollow Refreshments out in Liberty Square. So pretty much every day I was working in a different land, um, doing a different job. So that was nice.
3: Did you have to have a different uniform for every location. Yes.
0: So there's a couple different costumes. So if you're going to be working in Adventureland that day, then obviously you're going to be wearing the Adventureland outfit. Um, there would be some days when if someone called out or was sick, they would ask you to go put on a costume called a breaker outfit. And that's because all the costumes are, are very, very different. With Liberty Square, you know, you've got like the knee high socks and the the button trousers and everything like that. Adventureland, they're almost like uh, Jamba pajamas it, it's pretty interesting but the breaker outfit it's a, a costume that you can freely go between those three lands without interfering with the theming so that's kind of like a um, it's the white shirt it's a usually khaki shorts and like a straw hat and the idea is that that theming can actually work in any of those three lands regardless of where you're stationed that day did you
3: ever turn up to work with the wrong costume?
0: Uh, yes, but the good news is because you are allowed to have multiple costumes rented at once, and I can go into that if you like, um, you could always just run down to the locker and change into the appropriate costume, and then you're good to go, as long as you have that extra one on hand. It didn't
3: make you do it in your underwear, then?
0: No, no, no. no. Um, there there are occasions, like a uh, Very Merry Christmas Party. It's in the title. But after that, uh, one time, they didn't allow me to do it anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when, you say, when you say rented, <coughs> do you, you don't own these, uh, the uniforms? Do you- no,
0: you, you do not own the uniforms. So there's a section at the back of Magic Kingdom called West Clock. And West Clock is where you essentially have to get off the bus... Um, or park, depending on how you got transportation to the park that day, then you have to take another bus back to the Utilidors, because it's a couple hundred yards away. Um, And it's just a a quicker flow because they have to go through a security checkpoint and everything like that. Um, Costuming is back in West Clock. So they almost give you like a library card, and what you do is you rent your costumes, uh, you turn them in at the end of the night, or every other night, and you replace them. And it's a massive clothing warehouse. You go in, you find your exact size, and you rent the appropriate costume. Every costume has a very specific belt that you wear, a specific set of uh, pants and shirts and all sorts of shenanigans.
3: Is it true that the costumes have got microchips in them so they can track you?
0: Um, I don't know about that. I do know that if the costume goes missing and they do not receive it... Kind of like a library book, you will get billed for the cost of that costume. So say, for instance, in the wintertime, I want to say November, it did get cold some nights. Um, Now, cold for us is if it goes down below 70 degrees, I start to freeze. Um, But say a couple nights, it was down into the 50s or whatever. And Frontierland has a nice wool jacket that you can rent out and you can wear. If I did not return that jacket when I was done using it, then I want to say that jacket was a bit over $80, Life. Whoa! Wow! Yeah. I mean, the uniforms. I know this is like uniforms
1: after dark now, but <laughs> the uniforms at, at Walt Disney World. At my first trip to Walt Disney World was 1993, which wow. is before most most of you were born, and um, <laughs> that it that's the constant throughout because you know rides change, shops change, stuff mm. gets built, stuff gets ripped down, but the costumes are, are still the same.
0: Yeah, a lot of the costume. I mean, maybe they've been changed into like a lighter fabric, or they've changed a hat here or there, or something like that. But the basic idea of the costumes are still the same. Yeah. And really, the costumes is where the whole idea for the Utilidors came from, because Walt was tired of seeing cast members cross over in Fantasyland outfits out into Adventureland. So costuming plays a pretty deep part into uh, Walt Disney World. So what was
1: I mean the the hourly rate isn't isn't that good but what sort of hours did you have to put in what's your minimum contracted hours and what did you actually work
0: I I'm not sure if I had a minimum contracted hours I never worked less than 30 hours a week personally yeah. um which was fine because you do have to pay you know rent and everything especially if you're staying with Disney the automatically deduct that from your paycheck uh, the nice thing about Disney, though, and I'm still kind of adapting to it, is Disney was not a bi-weekly paycheck. We got paid every Friday, I believe. Um, so, constant income of money. It was a little bit easier to save that way. And they kind of bundled everything into, you know, the one living expense, which was nice. Um, as far as what I was making, I want to say I was making about about 10 which I believe the minimum wage over here is a little bit more than seven. So they treated us all right. Um, But the full-time cast members do get treated considerably better.
3: Isn't it Universal came out, was it today or yesterday, and said they're going to give their staff a a pay increase? Um,
0: Yeah, I think most companies are doing that. Um, I know at least for the company I work for right now in the United States, they're doing that just because... um, The the wages in the United States do not reflect the cost of living anywhere here. Um, So I think most companies are having to do it now. But it's nice that Universal and Disney are doing that now too.
3: Mm. Yeah, Universal were kind of... I think they were kind of sort of angling it by saying that they want the best and the brightest. So they're going to all out war with Disney now to get all the staff they can to expand, expand. So
0: yeah and I think you treat your employees well you see that um, you see that go back into the guest experience too, so hopefully it works out on both fronts mm. um did you did you work at universal I n- have never worked at Universal. I've considered it mm. um but but not while I was living in the Orlando area no
3: you're not living in orlando area now or
0: Well, I I live in a section in the United States called Ocala, um, Ocala, Florida, and that's about an hour and a half away from the Orlando area. So quick enough for me to go up there for a day trip or whatever, one or two times a week, but um, not enough to make a daily commute backwards and forwards, unfortunately.
3: No. Um, So so tell us about the guests at um... Uh, magic kingdom what was is there any experiences you know positive and negative you know some interesting stories
0: yeah um so it's kind of different because you are working in a, a serving position working in food especially in the magic kingdom which is the busiest theme park on earth you know so you find yourself disney very heavily focuses on having a great interaction with the guest. But unfortunately, with something like a a food experience, oftentimes it's they they show up, they order their items, you give them their items, and that's about the extent of the experience. However, when that – oh, go on ahead.
1: No, just just quick. What I've, I've noticed while you're in the queue in any of the theme parks in America, Americans don't really have very good manners when they're talking to the
0: food savers. So no. a lot of the time,
1: they don't even look at you.
0: Yeah, and I didn't have that that problem at Disney whatsoever. I like to think that I'm a pretty warm and welcoming individual. And everyone always treated me with respect. I never had a, a really bad guest experience or anything like that. But, you know, it's a little bit different than someone who's actually interacting with the guests out in the land or helping them with attractions or uh, booking a vacation or whatever you're stationed doing there food's pretty much a hey what do you want and then you're one and done yeah uh, so you, did you would actually sell to he likes yes um and the worst oh. part of that is thanksgiving uh because i was stationed there thanksgiving <laughs> i want to say for 10 hours that day Oh, wow. Um, and the heat being give off by that metal enclosure keeping those turkey legs warm is awful, I promise you. I still, to this day, four years later, have not touched a turkey leg. <laughs> 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 um, and that kind of brings up, you, you were asking me earlier, kind of about the hours and everything that I had. Um, come the holiday weeks, so for instance, Christmas week, it was not uncommon for us, and my schedule, I worked... 60 hours or so that that week um so very very hectic especially come the holiday season there's not a limit if they're going to give you overtime that's fine um they try to prevent it which is the 40 hour cutoff. but come the holidays it's no holds barred wow
1: so you you could literally be in at eight o'clock in the morning until 10 12 at night
0: Yes. So if I remember correctly, how it worked is if I'm there a full eight hours, I get a, it was either 40, (laughs) it was a 45 minute or an hour break. I want to say once we reached the nine hour mark. So if I was there 12, I want to say at one point I would have like an hour and a half break um, split up during the day. So they didn't just work us all the way through. But you definitely start to feel it after being on your feet for 12 hours, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I can imagine that.
0: Um, did you stink of turkey legs? <laughs> oh, absolutely. So any anytime I worked the turkey leg cart, it was a, you have to get a new costume that day. Otherwise, you just smell rancid. Same thing. But believe it or not, the worst thing was actually the Dole Whips because of the dairy. Oh, really? So you spill that on you and you're in the sun for seven, oh. eight hours that day. And that just cooks... Stinks in your clothes.
1: Oh, baby sick. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. So, has, it, has all these experiences altered your enjoyment of Disney, or are you able to push all that to, to one side and still?
0: You know, it, it's funny, because I've got a good friend um, who's actually one of the leaders out at disney's california adventure uh or excuse me out at disney's california parks who does the college program and i remember telling him a couple weeks ago that i'm grateful for the experience the college program gave me but if i was to apply again and they were to offer me a similar position even if it was in a different park i would have to decline the reason being is not because i didn't enjoy my experience it's and I definitely never want to come off as entitled or anything like that. I just felt like I had a bit more to offer towards the guest than just kind of smiling and handing them their item and, you know, tell them to have a good day. Yeah. So was
4: it just Magic Kingdom that you worked or did you work anywhere else?
0: Yes, it was just Magic Kingdom. They did pull a handful of my, I guess you'd call them class, but they pulled a handful of my my class to go out and work the food and wine festival when that time of year rolled around. Um, So you had the option to do that, but they specifically selected you to do that.
4: Right. And did you ever get the opportunity to work on rides, or was it just strictly the food?
0: It was just the food. Now, I did have some friends who took some classes and some preparations um, where they were able to go out and do some things like uh, help manage the parade and things like that. Um, But just because I was focused on working and enjoying my days off, I never did anything like that. So I did just work... At the three different locations in the three different lands.
4: Right.
0: What if you
1: could have worked on any ride, and this, not necessarily your favourite ride, but what would the ride be that you you would have given it all to get on?
0: Mm, you know, if you ask me my favourite ride, I'm going to tell you the haunted mansion. But because I know the Haunted Mansion backwards and forwards, I think I actually would have done something like been a bellhop at the Tower of Terror. I think I could have had a lot more fun with that.
4: That would be awesome. Yeah. I think that's what when, I'd want to do if I worked at Disney.
0: When you you get some of them
1: cast members at the Haunted Mansion or the, the uh, Tower of Terror and they're putting the, the effort in, it really adds to the experience.
0: Yeah, and I I brought up earlier, so I have some great memories of um, working during Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party as an example, especially in Liberty Square, because if you're sitting there at Sleepy Hollow Refreshments, the entire refreshment stand is blocked off when the parade comes by just due to the mass amount of people that's standing in that area. And you can actually just sit out there and look out the window and enjoy kind of the ambiance and everything like that. Liberty Square was definitely my favorite place to work. But, you know, you have fun with it. So, for instance, Liberty Square, the whole land. Have have any of you been there for Not So Scary? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the whole land is pretty much themed to the Haunted Mansion. They put the special lighting up. They play the Haunted Mansion soundtrack throughout the entire land. The cast members are all done up. So, you know, you have fun with it in case... um, you're able to act a little bit more out of character a little bit more spooky and foreboding and you know those were the best times to to work a bit sinister yeah exactly so say for instance if i was serving a turkey leg or something i'd find a little girl and i'd be like enjoying the turkey leg darling and then she'd be like you know absolutely and i'd be like you know that's not turkey and then she you know mouth and i'd be like (laughs) That's the children who couldn't run fast enough. And then the parents would have a good laugh. You know, it would be a good time.
1: Unpushing the children away quickly.
0: I wasn't a big fan of the children at that point.
1: Children
3: are lonely. So what um, what perks do uh, Disney employees get, other than the obvious, you know, satisfaction out of it?
0: Wait, excuse me?
3: What what perks do you get working for Disney, physical perks?
0: So the perks that we had when we were working for the college program was I had unlimited admission to the parks on my off day or after I finished working for the day. Wow. Um, So I could go to the parks anytime, including blackout dates, just to enjoy. And the nice thing is, because I was a cast member, I did take frequent advantage of, oh, you know, there's a 3 o'clock parade, let me hop down into the Utilidors and get over to Tomorrowland while everything's being blocked off. (laughs) Kind of a cheat, but it's a good one. Oh, you can do Uh, that, can you? Yeah, um, as long as I... I'm not sure if the rules have changed, because they were talking about it when I was leaving. But as long as I had my ID on my person, then I was able to cross on over into the Utilidors at any time. Wow. Yeah. Big benefit, especially if you're trying to avoid all the chaos directly right after Wishes. You've just got to be... I always try to be very discreet when I was going down into the tunnels, even though they're pretty well hidden.
3: So so where are uh, they? Come on, dish the dirt.
0: Uh, there's a couple different sections. So if you go to... There's one in every land. Um...
3: Is there one when you walk, uh, if you walk up to the castle from Main Street and then take that Uh left path and it runs around and there's this shop that sells like, I don't know, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella stuff. Is there a door there?
0: Next to the fountain? Yeah. Yes, there's a big wooden door there. If you go down there, that'll take you downstairs. Okay. Um, So if you go through there, if you're feeling adventurous and don't mind getting banned if you're caught, then uh, go check it out. It's nice.
3: Well, we're all big Adam the Woo fans in in, in this uh, podcast.
0: Shout out, to Adam. Oh, same here. So, you listening, Adam, how you doing, man? <laughs>
4: Come
0: on the uh, show, Yeah, we need you on the show, Adam. Come on, answer
3: our emails, Adam. He's um, too busy traveling the United States right now. <laughs> uh, I <right> know. <laughs> um, so, so free, does that include all the water parks? and um...
0: The water parks were... You know, I can't remember. I believe when we were going to the water parks, we did pay a heavily discounted admission, but we did have to pay for admission nevertheless. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not uh, sure if that's correct, because I never had a chance to take advantage of it, just because on my off days, I was either at Downtown Disney, or I was at one of the parks themselves.
3: Do you get discount on uh, food and drink and merchandise?
0: You get a a base discount, but what's really nice is come the holiday season, they'll actually provide you with a coupon book, and then inside that coupon book, they'll discount things quite heavily. So, for instance, I was able to get some merchandise for 75% off, um, which was really quite nice come the holiday season.
4: Oh, awesome.
0: There's some nice gifts handed out that year.
1: The thing that's always... Puzzled me about Walt Disney World is you listen to Lou Mongello and you watch his, his videos and he waxes lyrical all about this amazing food that he's ingesting and it's, he's just slobbering and all that. <laughs> is it is it not just all the same stuff? Just bivvy, you know, does not like a, a chicken nugget van just tearing off with 2.4 million chicken nuggets in Uh,
0: (laughs) it's it's mass produced so for instance dole whips I, i don't think it's any secret that you can pretty much find dole whip at any sort of ice cream establishment at this point um but you know people love it i think it's more to do with not the actual taste of the food as much of bringing back memories of hey you know i'm back here i shared this with my family last time and i want to recapture that magic and i do think there's a lot of good food options i just don't necessarily think they're always in the parks yeah
1: i agree with that yeah i I think um it's laughable sometimes when Lou Mangello's eating a, chip, a chicken nugget from Epcot because you just know it's exactly the same chicken nugget as Magic Kingdom. It's
0: <laughs> the exact same chicken strip as anywhere else. Overall it, and I do find the food in some of the restaurants to be better at Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure than I do at say Magic Kingdom or any of those other places but of course that's open to debate. I agree. I th- I- oh, there we go.
4: I definitely agree.
0: Yeah, I do as well. Awesome. I, okay. I, oh, I don't know. I'm oh, torn.
1: You're going to disagree. It is just
4: the same everywhere. Like, I wrote a blog about this where you look on the outside and it's saying that it's an Italian place. And you go in and it's the exact same menu as what was in next door.
1: Mm.
4: And it's all yeah, the a... same.
1: I love the buffets in Walt Disney World, but I, I will concede they're basically the same wherever you go. Yeah. I still do five,
0: beer garden five and fleets. crystal palace yeah. and gotcha. yeah yeah
1: they're all samey you know with little tweaks here and there but
0: i, I think still do overall i think overall you pay less for a better meal at universal and that's not even going into city walk i'm just talking about the parks in general yeah definitely.
1: i uh i ate in uh, the monsters cafe in october and that was basically the worst
3: experience <laughs> of my life. Oh, the food oh, that's... is nice. rubbish in there, isn't it?
4: No, the oh. beef, all right.
0: Well, that the would have been like me be telling back. you... <laughs> that would have been like me telling you to go to Pizza Planet for your meal at Hollywood yeah, Studios. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You should have known better with that one, come on.
1: Well, it, it gets to that we were, we were supposed to be going to the Hard Rock Café uh, and it was like, well, a burger's a burger wherever you go and whatever. And time's ticking on. And what well, should we go to Simpsons? That's where we were going to start Halloween Horror Nights for that night. And it was like, oh, time's ticking. Oh, look, we're we'll just going there. I've always wanted to go in there. And it was horrific
0: i'm not saying the the quick service establishments i do think there's some exceptions to that i've always had good food when i go to the leaky cauldron um even though that's a quick service i've always had good food when i've gone to fast food boulevard but that doesn't mean i'm going to get just as good of a meal at say the jurassic park discovery center and the monster cafe yeah. oh i love the jurassic park discovery center see it's the best weird, chicken it? tenders on property i promise you <laughs> yeah it's
1: weird Absolutely weird. Oh
4: I just get ever anyway.
1: Did you ever get to um do the, the like the Disney magic? Did you send any guests to tears like giving away a take yeah. leg or
0: an um, kind of, you this? know, there's little things like that where I did get a appreciate so say for instance someone made an extra doll Whip and obviously we we try to avoid wasting any food. So we'd put it to the side and save it for like a family and um, let's say if they were a couple cents short or something like that, or a young kid, then we throw in the extra one or, you know, little things like that, I think go a long way. Cause you can really make someone's trip. Um, now I will say this from all the people I've met who have done the college program. If you were not working in attractions, apparently the best role, um, to have worked in was a cleaning staff um janitorial or otherwise the reason being is they get some of the most face-to-face time interaction with guests uh whether they're asking for directions or they're looking for something um they they were really able to build a reputation with the guests and have a great time with them
4: Hmm. so i keep going on this um thread on reddit that's like the weirdest things that cast members have seen working at Disney.
0: Uh huh.
4: So interesting. So what was the weirdest thing that you saw?
1: Oh, Lee Mallaby.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it, it's not really a weird thing, but I did get to give. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Ah, I got to give Tom Cruise a citrus swirl one day. Oh, uh, what? That
3: was off. <laughs>
0: wait, wait, wait.
3: Stop the boss. <laughs> Is this a euphemism to begin with?
0: No, um, it's funny because I didn't actually really get to talk to the man or anything like that, just surrounded by security guards. Um, but you see a little hand poke through. <laughs> he accepts his dish. And then you hear the Mission Impossible theme play quietly. You're not sure if it's a phone speaker or if you're just hearing it in your head, and then they're off. But it's a special moment, nevertheless
1: wow so is that security is that a mixture of his own security and disney security
0: any high level very important person like that is escorted by a high level disney cast member who is giving them a tour getting them behind the scenes doing those interactions Um, but generally they do bring their own security with them
3: was he sleeping in the
0: suite in the castle uh, from what I understand, I'm not sure if anyone stayed up in the castle the year when I was there. I never saw or heard anything about that, but... Hmm.
3: He'd probably only need a shoebox, though, wouldn't he? Was there any
1: uh, less famous celebrities like that didn't need all the uh, security?
0: That not, that, to save? not that I interacted with, personally. I have no. a friend... I believe her name was Shannon, who actually got to serve Eddie Murphy a hot dog out in Frontierland. Okay, that was a euphemism, wasn't it? Eddie Murphy? (laughs) Yeah, slipping him (laughs) a
3: hot dog. That has to be a euphemism.
0: You know, he's a nutty professor. You can never tell. Um, (laughs) Little things like that where if he can kind of be a little discreet and just put sunglasses and kind of uh, avoid the glances of people, they can get away with it. But I didn't have too many experiences like that. Oh, that would just
1: burn my head out.
0: We, we have him. Um, this sounds really
1: nuts, but we have Samuel L. Jackson in Liverpool quite regular. Really?
3: Wait, wait, wait. Why?
1: <laughs> because didn't he film a film yeah. up here? Was it 51st yeah, State uh, or? Yeah, with John. Was it John Sim? Yes, I've I've never well, i never seen him. Yeah, but he was yeah. up here for a while. And uh, he's just sort of fell in love with the area. And I I, I, I shit you not, it's stuff like he's in Kate Am's Chippy (laughs) getting a a sausage dinner. It's fantastic. You know, and you can go and this really happens. It's like um, Gaza. We used to have Gaza up here, didn't we? And uh, he would just be walking in and out of places just being normal. Was Samuel L. Jackson in Liverpool?
4: Let's go on a mission to find him Craig.
1: Oh, imagine that.
4: Let's do it. We'll vlog it.
1: With his yeah. eye. Uh,
0: I've <laughs> had
2: rumors that he isn't particularly nice.
4: Oh. Ah.
0: Yeah, I just... imagine he's as approachable as you as you come off. If you're gonna come off as kind of uh a little bit of a dick yourself, then you're probably not gonna get the best interaction out of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be a imagine that though. Us two legging him <laughs> still shit. a little
0: pissed he killed harry and kingsman the secret service so i might not tag along on this journey but, but...
3: <laughs> surely God, he man. must be getting your train up to liverpool though surely not
1: we do we do get an awful lot of just celebrities just up and down we had one of the um, what's that uh, that quiz show on the on ITV in the afternoon where do you have uh, that big scary person uh, oh, sit at the chase. top chase? chase. We had one yeah. we had one of the chasers on the train the other day. Um yeah. And I you do regularly take like the Liverpool or Everton team down to London when they're playing the London clubs. And vice versa, the the London teams come up to up here. But that's as good as it gets. Did he did he Do them Super Bowl fellas? Did they actually turn
0: up at Walt Disney World? Is that true? Um, when won the I, Super Bowl? I I do not track any of the athletics, unfortunately, so I'm not also, sure. Yeah. But from what I understand, they are they're I don't, I'm not sure if they're paid to come down here, but it's some sort of sponsorship where they all end up oh. down here at one point, anyways.
4: Yeah, because then so. they then they ride around in a car like in the start of a parade.
0: Yeah. I think that I think that might have been because keep in mind my program was May to late December. I want to say what the Super Bowl is like February March, so I probably missed that. Oh, you missed it. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> would you go if you like you said before? What if they were to offer you a job? What would that job be then? What would say you in your head?
0: I, I've really put some thought into it, and I think for me, I would love to do something – maybe not necessarily in the parks, but I'd like to take a seat back and do either vacation planning in the the resorts themselves or being a general um, – i don't want to say customer service or like guest management or something like that but i would say probably guest planning and vacation managing would be a, a good fit for me just because i could take what i personally know and really build a uh, a repertoire with the guests and really figure out what's going to work for them
1: uh well as on on that side then as a local what has fast pass plus done for you do you uh, despise it do you love it
0: Oh, FastPass Plus. Um, we actually did an episode about this, if you guys really want to go in-depth on it. It was a couple weeks ago. Uh, once again, unofficial Universal Orlando podcast. Um, I'm a big fan of FastPass Plus, and I know Darren, yeah. who's my co-host, also is. The reason being is I love Universal, but when I show up to Universal, I am a local in the sense that I, I will look at the billboard and I'll go, you know, it's only 30 minutes. That's a little too long. We're going to sit it out. We'll come back by later. Maybe we'll get a ride at then. What I'll find myself doing is that I say that to pretty much everything as I'm walking by. And I really accomplish little to nothing that day besides just enjoying the ambiance of the park and maybe riding one or two things. Now, in my opinion, the rides do not make the experience of the day. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. But FastPass Plus, I have a set schedule where I know... When I go to the parks, which I'm generally there from noon till, say, 10 o'clock, I'm going to definitely ride four to six different attractions that day and not have to worry about planning anything out or constantly looping or checking the wait times. I just know, hey, at this time, I got to be here and I will get to check out this thing that I want to do.
4: So are you able to book those on the day?
0: Yes. Class classes, um, yeah. so, so generally, I try to place mine about a week to two weeks in advance. Nice. Um, the resort guests do get, I want to say, up to a month out where they can book those Fast Pass Plus reservations. Um, so
1: it's 60 go, days. If you stay on property, 60 days. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: So that's a huge benefit. I have never been able to score a Fast Pass for the Seven Dwarves Mine Train. But because I've stayed later and I've gotten to ride other things during out the day, I'm okay with a 30-40 minute wait at the end of the night if I really want to see that attraction. It's not the only thing I'm accomplishing that day. Um, I want to say the cast members, they can also use Fast Pass Plus, but they can only make up to, I think it's a week out in advance. So they get less options in the long haul.
1: They're not even getting sloppy seconds then, there, are they?
0: No, but but generally, honestly, I've never had a problem finding a fast pass for something except for uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is the one that comes to mind.
3: Oh, I managed to get one for Frozen today. Oh, did I you know? know? I was gobsmacked. I are was, you staying
4: on site, Chris?
3: Uh, just for one night, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, we're staying in Bay Lake Tower for a night.
0: Oh, that's a
3: gorgeous mm. place. But uh, I wasn't on the, on. I wasn't, what is it, uh, 7 a.m. Eastern, so it's midday UK. I, I literally logged on about, I don't know, 3 or 4 in the afternoon, um, and there was a 5 o'clock for the day we are staying there. And I was like, wow. So I snagged it. That's
0: awesome. It works out. And hopefully they'll have the, the kinks all worked out and everything. It looks like it's running pretty good now. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs>
1: Oh. I I I agree with you I absolutely adore Fast Pass Puffs because coming over from here it's I, I don't know what you're like Amanda but it's uh, and Chris and Paul it's micro planning yeah. to the nth degree <laughs> you know and it used to just be um, your ADRs you could plan out but now you're literally planning where you're going to be to the hour uh,
2: especially like you Craig with, with kids yeah Definitely. It makes it so much easier because you can plan when you're going to slot that break in during the day. If you're going to go back in the evening and things like that, it's so much easier. Yeah.
0: The the most, the most comparable comparison that I give to people, it's almost like if you're into music and you go to the festivals, okay, from 2 to 4, I'm going to go watch these bands at such and such stage. But from, say, 4 to 5, I'm going to go ahead and sit it out, just enjoy the ambiance, and then I'm going to get back in the action the next hour. Um and, and then some people I know my co-hosts Lee and Tracy have said, you know, well, we don't really want to plan out the entirety of their vacation, but you can always change the fast pass time as long as there's some available. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And or you yeah. don't have to go to that fast pass. There's no penalty for you skipping it. Yeah. And you don't have to make any fast passes that day. You
1: can just yeah. have a blank day. Um I mean, I personally, if the option was ever to become available, you've got touring plans that exist. Um, I would pay a premium. If I knew I was going to get uh, 10 rides, for example, in a Magic Kingdom, I would pay $100 for that privilege per person. Or $50. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because we we pay so much money to get over there anyway. Say so it was the last day of the holiday. Yeah. And I could have a guaranteed time slot to ride on x amount of rides i'd pay that quite happily
0: i mean you kind of do are they still doing the the midnight parties now
1: well yeah they're doing are um, they doing something at hollywood studios for the
0: in the, the morning time oh, there, there's like, not 10 rides in that park anymore anyways <laughs> <laughs> no. no, i know i, think I know yeah. s- oh, I, sorry for interrupting i just want to say i believe it was I'm I'm trying to remember exactly who I was listening to, but basically they said they paid for that three-hour event and they were able to ride everything in the Magic Kingdom in a span of about two hours. Wow.
3: They've stopped doing it, though, haven't they?
0: Yeah, I think it was just a beta. I think a lot of people were outraged at the cost of having to pay an extra cost to enjoy what used to be extra magic hours, but... (laughs) If you've got the premium and it's something you you were okay with spending the money before, supposedly it was a good value.
3: I think the problem, though, with that that event, though, was the fact they just sprung it on you. I mean, they're trying to yeah. get us to plan everything. So we're planning, like I'm planning September, so are you, uh, Amanda, or October. Um, but we've been planning that, what, a year, 18 months?
4: Yeah. You yeah. Know, so to
3: spring on an event that's going to happen and, you know, you might not be able to fit it in, or you might not be there for it, or, you know, if those were to say it was going to be in October, I would book it. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah, I exactly. think. I think also people don't see the benefit of it, say, in comparison to an event like uh, Mickey's Not So Scary, where you are getting all these additional activities for a cheaper price. You're getting the parade, you're getting the special fireworks. Mm-hmm. This, it's just, it's it's so cost prohibitive for a lot of people. I think when you're already spending so much on the vacation, there's two lines of thinking, like you just said, Craig, okay, I'm already spending this much money. What's a little bit more on top of it. And someone like me might be, well, I'm already spending this much money. I can't afford to put any more money to the side for it. Mm.
1: Yeah. I, I think as well, um, getting back to universal, uh, on the same lines, I, what I noticed the last two times of being there is a lot of the time the express pass line is longer than the the standby line.
0: Yeah. I I don't see too many people buying express pass anymore. I think it's just the the higher end resort guests that are taking advantage of it. It's it's like
1: what happens when everyone is a superhero.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the weird the weird thing is some of the older attractions now, because whether we like it or not, Forbidden Journey is a five-year-old attraction, still does not have Express Pass. That's still a weird yeah. concept for oh, me. Yeah.
3: That's a good point.
1: Yeah. What does, what does the other, does the other um, Harry Potter
0: ride have it? No. Escape from Gringotts does not. No no. No, no,
4: no. But isn't there a line in there set up for it?
0: Yes, so yeah. there it's actually been there since day one where they call it the castle tour line. And basically you can go through there. You just ask the team member to let you in and you get individual show scenes. Like you were walking through the queue. Um, so you get to check out the, the staircase room with the, the talking portraits and Dumbledore's office. Um, a lot of really cool stuff in there. Have
1: you, do you the UK guys? Have you heard, The the prices come out for the Volcano Bay uh, Tickets, UK tickets
4: No
1: I think think they've released them Yeah, I think they've released them today or yesterday It's like £45 add-on If you've already pre-bought your tickets for when you go And you can add uh, the the, the water park on for £45 I think Well that's not um, a bad price Which is maybe what, $60, something like that
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, I think that's about... So that would put it approximately at the same price as adding a Typhoon Lagoon to your ticket, huh? Yeah. I just...
1: To me, I mean, a a water park is a day off. And uh, days off when you're going for two weeks or two and a half weeks is a a premium. (laughs) So I don't know if I could justify... I think I could only go there at the expense of a Disney water park. Hmm...
4: Yeah, I'd rather go to Volcano Bay, I think, than a Disney water park.
1: Yeah, I'd have to cut one. I'd have to say goodbye to a Disney park, I think. I don't think I could
0: justify. I mean, right now you could justify cutting Hollywood Studios out of your day.
4: Oh, but not Tower of Terror. What was that? Not Tower of Terror.
0: I know. I know it's hard, but.
4: We've just cut it down to we're going to Hollywood Studios 9 until about 2 in the afternoon.
0: What I would say is, if, if you can, um, see if there's extra magic hours in the evening or in the morning and check it out there. You'll be able to see everything in almost no time.
4: Uh, I'm not staying on site.
0: Oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. you.
4: Universal.
0: Oh, okay. Now, now you want me back. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you staying at?
4: I'm staying in Sapphire Falls.
0: Oh, I'm so excited for you.
4: I know, I'm mega excited.
0: I believe the episode... I, I feel bad because I keep plugging the show, but I did just stay at Sapphire Falls. If you guys want to hear my review, that did just go up today. So. Oh, fantastic.
1: Well, what did you think of Sapphire Falls, then?
0: Um, Sapphire Falls was great. Um, now, keep in mind... I do not have the knowledge of staying at the other Universal resorts, so I do not have any preconceived notions of how anything's laid out. But I will say the main thing I appreciated about Sapphire Falls is not only do I think it's a very beautiful resort, I think the benefit of staying on property at Universal is a bigger benefit than staying on property at Disney unless you're staying at one of the monorail resorts. And what I mean by that is I could literally walk downstairs from my room, catch the water taxi, and I can be in Islands of Adventure in about a 10-minute span. If I am going from, let's just say Pop Century, which, you know, it's a value resort. It's a little bit further out. I have to approximately account for anywhere between 30 to 45 minutes of travel time. Exactly. Unless I'm driving my own car, taking the resort transportation.
1: Yeah, that's Liverpool to Manchester, that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of room did you stay in?
0: My room was actually, um, it was very interesting. I stayed in a two-queen uh, bedroom, and it was at the very, very back of the resort, facing out towards the city walk area. So if you guys want to see, I did upload a video of my room on my Instagram. I can link you guys that later. Um, But we were directly at the back of Islands of Adventure. So I could throw a stone from my window and hit the back of Reign of Kong. Um, Very, very close proximity to the actual park. So for some people, if you're going there, you want a nice view of the lagoon. You want to be close to the lobby. Might not have been a nice room for you, but for me as a theme park geek and especially a universal geek, it was an awesome view. Fantastic.
4: Awesome. I, I think I booked a Lagoon view because I booked it when they first released the rooms. So then I mm-hmm. emailed them on opening day and I was like, look, am I going to have a theme park view or not? Cause I don't, I don't know where I'm situated here. And they said, no, it's only if I booked a standard view room when I get a theme park view.
0: Yeah. Um, which it depends on what you're looking for. It was pretty cool that we were able to watch Universal Studios Fireworks Spectacular at the end of the night from our room, almost like a California Grill type situation. Um, so that was nice.
4: Did you get awesome. to enjoy the pool?
0: I did not even get a chance oh, to go in the know? pool. I was, I was too enraptured on checking out the resort itself, getting feedback and everything like that.
4: What about um the rum tasting did you get to do that?
0: I I am not a drinker. Um so I did not participate personally in any sorts of drinks. Ah. I know. Sorry for the disappointment.
4: <laughs> I'm so excited to hear about it because that's like the most exciting thing that I'm ready for is the rum tasting. <laughs>
1: little old wine drinker aren't you Gail
4: <laughs> yeah I'm on the hard stuff now and I'm a cup of tea Is
1: yeah sack the <laughs> tea off get on the room
4: <laughs> yeah that's why I me mean. and Ash are starting for our RIP tour
3: there's a question Hunter I've got one for you absolutely what, why do you not like Halloween Horror Nights
1: oh yeah yeah Hunter come on man
0: why do I not like Halloween Horror you know I went last year yeah no oh oh yeah surprise I went last year um <laughs> I had a really good time at Halloween Horror Nights last year. But? Uh, um, as far as me, why I... I never said I did not like the event expressly. I've always been super interested in the going-ons about the the events and the characters and the creation and everything like that. But for me, I build these things up in my head. Um, so, for instance, I am the type of person that is more apprehensive of the thought of being scared than I, I will actually ever get scared scared, or frightened, or whatever sort of adjective you want to use. Um, so I believe it goes into that. Oh, okay. Now, Halloween Hard Nights 25 was awesome. I had a really good time. I'm looking forward to going back this year. Oh, fantastic. Hi, hi. And there's the video for you guys if you want to check that out.
4: Awesome.
0: Wow. I literally...
1: Nearly destroyed some of the sets last year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bouncing to and fro.
1: Oh, I jumped out my skin on some of the scares. Um, What was the house where the the girl kept getting her throat slit? Oh, that Um, was in every house. That was the Purge, right? Was that the Purge, yeah? Was it the prom queen scene? That happened in front of me. I literally stopped (laughs) to let this... This young lady out in... Fl- Do you ah, mind if I... Yes.
0: Yeah, she stepped cause.
1: out. Next thing day, I was like,
0: Whoa!
1: I actually quite...
0: I actually quite like the Purge house um, in the sense that I had no idea what was going on the entire time and strobe lights are not my friend.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, there was... Uh, was it the Monster Mayhem house for 25 years? Yeah, I come out... I'm, it's actually on the Diz After Dark October podcast that I put out I'm walking out of the house moaning to Stuart that I missed some of the scares and there was like um, a fella hiding behind uh. and you hear the audio, I literally shat my pants <laughs> <laughs> he's got this chainsaw and he chased me and I, whoa! and my heart was gone I, I, I'm just one of them people. You know what you're walking into, but it still gets
0: you. No, no, Craig, you're you're quite. A, uh, excuse me. You you are quite a tall fellow. Um, the problem that I was having last time was that I was easily able to see everything that was going on in front of me, particularly in the scare zones, because um, I'm a bit of a taller guy myself. I'm six three. And I had no problem seeing anything that was coming ahead of me. So I feel like that cut down on the scares for me quite a bit. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You can see what's coming a lot of the time. Yeah, definitely.
4: I feel the opposite because I'm five foot. I feel like oh, I can't okay. see anything. And then I feel like I get targeted because I'm so tiny.
1: Yeah. Oh, you five... I get,
4: I'm scared. My wife
1: is five foot as well. Wow. Does she yeah. get it long? Oh, she she wouldn't even entertain Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> I would love. We did um, Farmageddon last year, and it was hysterical. We sent a creepy clown after it, and she <laughs> ran. Oh no!
3: Uh,
1: I took took my wife to the the Hollywood one,
2: um, 2011, first house. She literally shut herself.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: we didn't go in in any of like the horror mazes after that we had to go to the, like the, the themed to music ones we went in they had an Alice Alice Cooper one and that was about as far as it got after that
1: <laughs> what was the house that made the shit itself
2: the wolf man
3: uh, oh, that was the, a good house the yeah that was a bloody good house
2: yeah so literally a guy dressed as a huge fuck off hairy wolf Came out in front of her and that was it.
1: That'd <laughs> be the same. There'd been a craig-shaped cutout in the plywood. <laughs> and I'd have just been legging it across the car park. That's great.
4: <laughs> Love it. <laughs>
1: did, did you go through all the houses last year, Hunter?
0: Because we were only there for the evening, I was able to see half of the going on. So I was able to see... Bill and Ted, I was able to see Jack's Carnage, I was able to see The Purge, uh, The 25 Years House, uh, American Werewolf in London, and what was the last one? Uh, Freddy versus Jason. So some of the stuff I really wanted to see, like um, Body Collectors, unfortunately, I did miss.
4: Ah, that was my favorite.
0: It looked awesome.
4: It was amazing.
0: What was your favorite of what you've seen then? You know, and and like I said, my. so let me give you a little bit of information. Um, American Werewolf in London is one of my favorite horror movies. So we actually started off with that because I said, you know, if the event is too intense for me, I can say I've at least done that when I was able to experience that. And I think that was a good jumping on point because there weren't nearly the amount of scares in that one as much as I think there were in, say, something comparable like The Purge. Because it's more focused on putting you into that world and that story and really kind of taking it all in, you know? Yeah. Um, so American Werewolf was cool, but I understand why some people were disappointed that it was brought back so soon. Um in my case, because it was my first year, I was glad I was able to experience it. But my favorite was actually the 25 Years House. Um, and I think just because that kind of takes, you know, kind of the best parts of everything I had been reading about Halloween Horror Nights for years leading up to it and putting it all in one little maze. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I had a good time in that. Yeah. That's Very long, too. That's... And we only waited about 20 minutes to, to get into it.
4: Oh, that's good.
1: That, that had the room in it, didn't it? The room full of Jack the Clowns.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: I I nearly shot my pants in that. <laughs> that
0: and you know, too... I don't... I think it's... I, I call it almost like... I was really impressed with everything going on. Uh, like Freddy versus Jason, but I do not find, personally, I think Freddy and Jason are such iconic characters. I do not find them scary anymore. So that was more of just enjoying the house. That was the very last house that we did with a character like Jack and the original universal studios characters. They're all different, especially in that maze. So that was probably the house where I got the best scares of the night. I'd agree with you in that sense.
1: Uh, oh, I'm so sad. I'm not going this year.
3: You can pray. Come on. <laughs>
1: you tell her. I will. Wife.
3: Put her on. Wifey.
1: Fuck, fuck off.
4: Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think 20 a year, 2018
3: will be my next year. I think.
4: Wow. Well,
3: we've got Stranger Things next year, so. Oh, no, that's 2017, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh.
1: Do have Bloody American Werewolf in London back in 2018 for the third year? Yeah, probably. I've only been twice, and it's been there twice.
2: It'll be The Walking Dead again.
1: Oh, I don't <laughs> mind. I'm one of the few people who loves The Walking Dead.
0: Uh, you won't have to worry. Next year, we're going to get the, the permanent maze. Mm. I so you to be able genuinely... to see it time. And where do you think it's going to go? Uh, T2. Do you think? It's it's going there. Have, um, you, have you
3: heard that, or is this just you know, speculation? Or
0: So... I have some friends um, who are very close with the Universal Creative Department and Universal, when they apply the budget towards anything, it is with the intent to replicate that attraction and place it in another location. So, for instance, we just got Kong, which is an extension of Kong 3D. Um, And I really like the attraction, but it is, you know, an extension of that original idea. Um, We're getting Fast and Furious. Um, Unfortunately. Holly, Hollywood is taking over they're going to be getting Diagon Alley and they're going to be getting the Hogwarts Express and that's going where the crash landing scene is backstage from War of the Worlds and we're going to be getting The Walking Dead T2 is not confirmed entirely just yet um, but I believe personally that's where it's going to go just because I think it's getting a little long in its tooth and not necessarily that I agree with it but I think that's what's on the chopping block. Didn't I, they They uh, leak,
3: didn't they, that it was going to shut about a year ago or two years ago, and then it didn't happen. So it, they've obviously considered it to be closed.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Hollywood had theirs closed down when they opened Super Wacky Silly Funland, I think I said that right, um, for the Despicable Me attraction. I think T2 is just... It's not a bad attraction. I just think with the limited footprint that Universal has and the attraction that The Walking Dead is, they would be able to utilize that space better without putting up a whole new area or a soundstage like they had to do with Transformers.
1: Hmm. Haven't they haven't just updated the um,
0: the film in T2? I think they've updated the projectors. I'm not sure about the film itself. I'd have to ask Lee about that. Yeah, that's, that's, just,
1: it, it, that's what they do on the railway. When they're going to shut somewhere, they paint it.
3: but then if if we're going to get walking dead then surely if you won't go on the back of kong and Alley and all the other stuff that we've got or fast and furious surely we're going to get something bigger and better than what hollywood's got
0: i'd say so and just because we get it first doesn't mean that hollywood gets the superior version either i think we're definitely going to get the superior version of fast and furious just like we did with kong I think um, just from looking at Hollywood and from having friends go out there, we still have a slightly better version of Hogsmeade than what they have out there, judging from the sight lines and the the show buildings being exposed and little weird stuff like that that they just do not have the space for because Hollywood's even more confined than what we have out here. Mm. Um, I absolutely think that we'll get a better product just because they're going to amplify things, and I think they've got a bit of a better budget out here.
3: Yeah, it's got much more footfall, hasn't it, in Orlando?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think I think it's going to be a good compromise. I mean, people are going to be sad to see T2 go, and people are going to show up just like they did with Twister Ride It Out. But if it allows Halloween Horror Nights to stop doing The Walking Dead, and it allows you know those fans to get a year-round new experience, I think it'll be a good compromise.
3: Well, I had genuinely heard that this year was going to be the last year for Walking Dead. So that would tie up I suppose.
0: Now let me ask you how many times have you heard that prior though?
3: I, honestly from from where I'd heard it this was the first time.
0: Okay. Okay.
3: I've heard like fans say it but I, this was the first time I'd heard it from other sources.
2: It'd be fair the walking dead next year instead. <laughs> it could be it could be
1: There'll be no zombies going... in it.
0: Yeah, it's just going to be a bunch of walking around looking at blank walls. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm all for it i love t2 but i'm all about uh, the progress and i love the walking dead so bring it on
3: yeah
4: i think it'd be nice to be so close to the horror makeup show as well so that might make them do something new with the horror makeup show maybe
0: i i would love to see the horror makeup show is kind of my hidden gem of universal orlando resort i love that show I think if you give it a little bit more of a facelift, it's still advertising the Wolfman for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, Sorry for any shit smell in the air um, by conjuring the (laughs) Wolfman. But uh, I believe Wolfman was, what, 2010? So by the time this goes in, it'll have been there for seven years? Yeah. Wow. It's a little overdue for an upgrade.
4: Yeah, exactly. And it could be so amazing if they did something a bit more up-to-date on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is it an
3: original attraction,
0: that one? I think... Yes. um, However, the ending, we actually... um, So, spoiler alert for anyone that's going to listen to it. Our episode we recorded that's coming out, we quizzed each other, um, all the co-hosts. Lee hosted it, and Tracy, Darren, and I went head-to-head. One of the questions was about the horror makeup show, and when that originally launched, it was hosted by uh, The Phantom of the Opera, and the ending section where they bring out Eddie the Wolf, it was actually the host transformed into Jeff Goldblum's the Fly instead.
1: Yeah, I seen that one. Yeah. I seen that. We it's... we were was that that would have been like ninety three. And I think it might have been the same in two thousand and one. When I went back.
0: I think they stopped it in nineteen ninety eight. Oh right, uh, okay. The 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 fly section. But the show itself, the basic layout, I want to say, is still the same.
1: I can remember going one year, and there was a, a London bus parked up there. And there was... They were uh, promoting
4: yeah, for the mummy.
1: For the mummy, yeah. 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 And the, yeah. there was mummies crawling all over the building and uh, across the bus and stuff. That was really good. Yeah,
4: That's
0: great.
4: And it's there's also where John he- Helsing in there for a little
0: bit. It's um. It's also where you can see the year-round tribute to Halloween Horror Nights because they have the Scaretaker and Jack in there. Oh, didn't see any of that. Mm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, they're in there. Oh, fantastic! It was a compromise. It was a, we were going to have a a museum elsewhere on property. They all got shoehorned in there instead.
0: That's disappointing. Mm.
3: Instead, well, we have got Hello, Hello Kitty instead, so. Thank you, Universal.
0: <laughs> in August of 2002, a woman was pulled from the audience to participate in the horror makeup show. After being frightened by one of the onstage monsters, the woman fell off the stage in fear, landing on the steps of the theater and broke her leg. Fantastic! Was- yeah,
4: because they <laughs> used to take the picture on the stage with the with the woman, and now they don't. Yes. Sure. Yeah.
0: Now they do it off. So I'm guessing she jumped off, and uh, that happened. Boo. <laughs>
4: I always thought that it was a plant in the audience, because it always seemed to be like an old foreign woman.
0: It's always an old foreign woman, (laughs) but it's never a plant, and that's the best part. (laughs) Craig, will be fun then. Where did you just read that from, by the way? It was at the bottom of the Wikipedia article. I've got sources too.
3: Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought you were quoting my book, but never mind. Was it in the book? I don't know. People ask me stuff like this all the time. I can never remember. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, right, guys?
1: I think um, should we wrap it up for yep. this week? I'd just like to thank you very much, Hunter, for coming on.
0: It's been a pleasure.
1: Um. I'm as much of a fan of the unofficial Universal Orlando podcast as uh, as I am of Diz After Dark and podcasting in general. So it's been a privilege to have you on and we'd love to have you. I know you're more of a Disney fanboy than a Universal fanboy, so you can come on anytime you want.
0: Anytime I need to scratch that itch, you guys will be the first ones I hit up. <laughs> yeah. So
1: uh obviously everyone knows where to find you the unofficial universal orlando podcast anywhere else
0: uh if you want to follow me on twitter i am the ghost host 999 um so that's a fun haunted mansion reference for you i'm also on instagram um under the same name pretty much everything you want to add me on xbox find me there too um so the ghost host nine nine nine. Otherwise, you can hear me every single week on the unofficial Universal Orlando podcast. Wait, what? What's this podcast again? The unofficial Universal Orlando podcast, the longest running and the most unofficial of all the Universal Orlando podcasts. Never
3: heard of it. Don't know what you're on about.
1: Just before we end, could you grade everyone on the unofficial Universal Orlando podcast in hair length? <laughs> who's got the least hair and who's got the most hair?
0: Okay, so, as of last time I saw them, Darren had the most hair. Yeah. Have you looked at that man's beard?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: stunning. His beard is as thick as my forearm. It's it's terrifying. <laughs> wow. After that, Tracy's rocking a short haircut lately. It works great for you, dear. Keep on doing it. Um, Lee? And you know what? I, okay, if I've got to put myself in there, then I'm going to yep. go. I'm going to go right before Lee because i got a bit of stubble going on, but I still have a full head of hair. And then I'm going to rank Lee.
1: Yeah, I'd yeah, agree with that. So, thank you very much for listening, people. Go and rate Lee's hair <laughs> on the Unofficial Universal Orlando podcast. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you very much.
4: Bye.
1: Bye. See ya. ta this podcast is part of the After Dark podcast. There you go. All done. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Tada.